Good evening. This evening we continue with our songs of Advent and midweek Advent services with the Benedictus, the song of Zechariah. And you'll notice that I decided to, with the gospel, go with the old King James Version. Because anytime you have hymns like this, or kind of psalms in the New Testament, the King James always brings it out better. So that, we'll have that in the King James Version. Everything else will be in the ESV like normal. But we begin the service this evening with hymn 346. thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Alleluia. 
Surely his salvation is near to those who fear him. Lord, you were favorable to your land. You forgave the iniquity of your people. You withdrew all your wrath. Restore us again, O God of our salvation. Will you be angry with us forever? Will you not revive us again? Show us your steadfast love, O Lord. Let me hear what God the Lord will speak. Steadfast love and faithfulness meet. Faithfulness springs up from the ground. Yes, the Lord will give what is good. Righteousness will go before him. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Surely his salvation is near to those who fear him. The Old Testament reading for this second midweek Advent series is from the Old Testament reading from Isaiah chapter 40. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice cries, In the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. This is the word of our Lord. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. The epistle is from the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 13. Now Paul and his companions set sail from Paphos and came to Perga in Pamphylia. And John left them and returned to Jerusalem. But they went on from Perga and came to Antioch in Pisidia. And on the Sabbath day, they went into the synagogue and sat down. After the reading from the law and the prophets, the rulers of the synagogue sent a message to them, saying, Brothers, if you have any word of exhortation for the people, say it. So Paul stood up and, motioning with his hand, said, Men of Israel, 
and you who fear God, listen. The God of this people Israel chose our fathers and made the people great during their stay in the land of Egypt. And with uplifted arm he led them out of it. And for about forty years he put, he put up with them in the wilderness. And after destroying seven nations in the land of Canaan, he gave them their land as an inheritance. All this took about 450 years. And after that, he gave them judges until Samuel the prophet. Then they asked for a king, and God gave them Saul the son of Kish, a man of the tribe of Benjamin, for 40 years. And when he had removed him, he raised up David to be their king, of whom he testified and said, I have found in David the son of Jesse a man after my own heart, who will do all my will. Of this man's offspring, God has brought to Israel a Savior, Jesus, as he promised. Before his coming, John had proclaimed a baptism of repentance to all the people of Israel. And as John was finishing his course, he said, What do you suppose that I am? I am not he. No, but behold, after me one is coming, the sandals of whose feet I am not worthy to tie. Brothers, sons of the family of Abraham, and those among you who fear God, to us has been sent the message of this salvation. This is the word of our Lord. Please rise for the reading of the Holy Gospel. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Alleluia. Make his paths straight. Alleluia. The Holy Gospel is according to St. Luke, the fifth chapter. Now Elizabeth's full time came that she should be delivered, and she brought forth a son. And her neighbors and her cousins heard how the Lord had showed great mercy upon her, and they rejoiced with her. And it came to pass that on the eighth day they came to circumcise the child, and they called him Zacharias, after the name of his father. And his mother answered and said, Not so, but he shall be called John. And they said unto her, There is none of thy kindred that is called by this name. And they made signs to his father how he would have him called. And he asked for a writing table and wrote, saying, His name is John. And they all marveled. And his mouth was opened immediately, and his tongue loosed. And he spoke and praised God. And fear came on all that dwelt round about them. And all these things were noised abroad throughout all the hill country of Judea. And all they that heard them laid up in their hearts, saying, What manner of child shall this be? And the hand of the Lord was with him. And his father, Zacharias, was filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, 
For he hath visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up at horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he swore to our father Abraham, that he would grant unto us, that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins. Through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit and was in the deserts till the day of his showing unto Israel. This is the gospel of our Lord. Here ends the gospel. Praise be to thee, O Christ. Look down, O Lord, from thine holy place, and take thou thought of us. O my God, incline thine ear and hear. Open thine eyes, and behold our desolation. Give ear, O shepherd of Israel, that thou leadest Joseph like a flock. Open thine eyes, and behold our desolation. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. Open thine eyes, and behold our desolation.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Benedictus, another Latin name. If you're not sick of them already. This one is Latin for blessed. And it's the song the church sings every morning in Matins, and every year that we celebrate the Nativity of John. It was sung by John's father, Zechariah, although he had spent months eager to sing it. Because you see, Zechariah was a priest, a Levite, who one day, over nine months before John was born, he, an elderly man with no heir, entered the temple. Not every priest got to serve at the morning and evening sacrifice like he was doing, but Zechariah's name was called. The lots were cast, and he was chosen to serve in the temple. Now, in their daily liturgy, which he was a part of, the chosen priest, which he was, would enter the temple and burn incense and pray, while everyone else outside the temple before the altar would also pray. As the hour passed and the priest finished, he'd come out to give a benediction, a blessing, to the people that were there, much like how I, at the end of a service, give you a benediction. And then after that, the choir would sing a psalm, and then either the morning or evening sacrifice of the lamb would be offered on the altar before the doors of the temple. Trumpets would blare, people would bow down, and they would worship. That's how it went, morning and evening, every day. The day Zechariah served, it started like every other. He entered the temple, began burning incense. The people outside prayed and the hour passed. And then they waited and waited and waited. And to imagine that, just think if I, after the prayer of the church, just left the sanctuary and just left you waiting. Just left you waiting for me to come back and and have communion. That's what this is like. It was awkward. No one knew what was going on, but they would soon learn through the signs that Zechariah gave them that the angel Gabriel had appeared to him and prophesied that he would have a son with Elizabeth, his wife, and that he was to call his son John that John would be full of the Holy Spirit, that he would go forth in the power of Elijah. What do you think old man Zechariah did when he heard this? He did the exact same thing that Abraham and Sarah said, did when they were told they were going to have a son at the age of 100. He laughed. He scoffed at the idea. And so the angel made him mute. Stopped his tongue. He couldn't talk. Because a priest that scoffed at the word of God was not one that was allowed to proclaim anything. And so Zechariah left the temple mute. He didn't give a benediction. There was no singing. No sacrifice of the lamb at the temple. No trumpets. No bowing down. At least until John was born and circumcised. Because then Zechariah did what the angel told him. He named his son John, which showed that Zechariah repented and believed. And believing, 
he was able to give the benediction here called the Benedictus. The hymn of Zechariah which we sing. We sing the song that he waited nine months to sing. And why do we sing this? Why does Zechariah sing it? It's not just because he waited nine long months to do so. It's because of what he now sees and believes. And he sings that at the heart of his hymn. In verses 72 and 73, he says, The Lord acted to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he swore to our father Abraham. What Zechariah heard in Gabriel's prophecy and what he saw in the birth of John was this. It was that the Lord remembers his holy covenant, which he alone enacted and made. He didn't forget his promises of old. Zechariah saw that the Lord hadn't forgotten his covenant with Abraham, that every nation would be blessed through him, that a great nation would come from him, from his offspring. Zechariah saw that the Lord hadn't forgotten his covenant with Israel, that he made with them in Egypt in the Passover, when he promised to lead them out of slavery to be his people, to be free. Zechariah saw that the Lord hadn't forgotten his covenant with Israel, that they made with him at Sinai, that they would be his people and he would be their God who would lead them to the promised land out of the wilderness. Zechariah remembered God's covenant and how God acted in salvation history, how he always did what he promised. And so he goes on to sing in verses 74 and 5. He says, The Lord remembered his covenant, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us. The Lord remembered his covenant that he would grant unto us that we being delivered out of the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. To serve him is to worship him. The Lord hadn't forgotten the Lord made his covenant with Abraham. And to him was born Isaac, and then Jacob, and then a great nation of Israel, just as God had promised. The Lord made his covenant with Israel and Egypt. And to them was freedom, as the mighty Pharaoh and his army was crushed in a watery abyss, as Israel was brought to new life under the guidance of a fiery pillar on the other side, just as God had promised. The Lord made his covenant with Israel at Mount Sinai, where under the commandments and law that God set forth, they vowed to be his people and he vowed to be their God. And 40 years later, he led them into the promised land, led them through Joshua, after surviving the wilderness where he gave them manna, where he gave them divine victories over seven nations that waged war against them. God did just what he promised. Because you see, that's how the Lord works in his grace and mercy. He looks down on fallen man and has pity. He, out of his fatherly love, makes a covenant with fallen man 
and then promises to deliver and save mankind. But God didn't just have pity. God being love is also just. So that Zechariah and we look back at the Old Testament and see that every time God made a covenant and acted, it was always because blood was spilled. It was always because a price was paid. In order for man to be redeemed, a price had to be paid in blood. So when God made his covenant with Abraham, an animal was torn in two as God walked between it to make the covenant with Abraham. And then he acted for Abraham as he promised. And the only way Abraham or his descendants could enter into this covenant was through circumcision, the cutting of their foreskin, the cutting of flesh, the spilling of blood. That was the only way to keep the covenant. When God made his covenant with Israel in Egypt, the blood of the Passover lamb was spilled and painted on their doorframes so that they lived by walking through the blood of the lamb. And by that blood, the Lord acted. The angel of death struck Egypt, and Israel walked through the waters to life, to freedom. When God made his covenant with Israel at Sinai, they became his people and their God when the sacrifice was offered and blood was poured on them before the Lord. And it was then that the Lord acted, leading them through the desert into the promised land. So that redeemed by the spilling of blood, the Lord saved Abraham and Israel from all their enemies, from the hands of all that hated them, and granted, the, and granted to them what he promised, so that Abraham and the patriarchs served and worshipped the Lord in Canaan. Israel served and worshipped the Lord in the wilderness. The people of God served and worshipped him in the promised land without fear, because he gave them victory. They did it in all righteousness and holiness all the days of their lives. And so Zechariah continues. As the Lord spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, and thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways. In the Old Testament, this is how the Lord went forth, with his covenant, his redemption, his salvation. He shows us how he works. But through the prophets, such as Isaiah and Jeremiah, the Lord promised an even greater covenant was going to come, was going to be made, that even greater blood would be spilt, greater divine acts would be performed, which is why Isaiah prophesied of the suffering servant. Jeremiah of the righteous branch of David to come. When Zechariah sang this, it had been 400 years since Israel had last heard from a prophet. But here in his arms, at John's nativity, Zechariah held the next and last prophet of Israel, which Zechariah called the prophet of the highest. Because this prophet, John, who was just a babe in his father's arms, 
this prophet would prepare the Lord's way to his people with the might of Elijah to turn the people back toward God. You see, it's not just that John was the last prophet. It's that now circumcised at the prophecy of his father in John is now the whole of the Old Testament in him. All God's covenants, all his saving works, all the words of the prophets were now in John as he was filled with the Holy Spirit. It's no wonder then that Jesus called John more than a prophet and even the greatest among those born of women, save for the one that is least in the kingdom of heaven. So Zechariah prophesied that John was to go before the face of the Lord, who is now in the womb of Mary, to prophesy and make ready the way of the Lord. And so Zechariah continues throughout his Benedictus, singing, The Lord redeemed his people and has raised up an horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins. John, in whom is now the Spirit and the Old Testament, would prepare the way of the Lord by reminding the people of the Lord's covenant. And when he raised up the horn of salvation in the Old Testament, which is just a way of saying where the Lord used his strength and might to fulfill his covenant. So he told the people that the Lord would once again raise that horn of salvation. The Lord would once again use the strength of his right arm and would save them just as he saved Abraham from idolatry. Saying that he would free them from slavery just as he did in Egypt. That he would give them life in the wilderness and promised land of the wilderness of this life and the promised land to come, just as he did at Sinai. This is the knowledge of salvation. That is, these are the mighty promises and acts of God which the faith of the people could cling to. John reminded them of all this. And more than that, John told them that God was bringing his new covenant, a greater covenant, which would bring an even mightier act of God and greater redemption that would fulfill all the others. So that as John prepared the way by reminding them of God's mighty acts of old, as he prepared the way for something greater to come, which all the Old Testament foretold, John gave them knowledge of their salvation, which was faith that would make them ready to cling to the mighty horn of salvation God was about to raise. And he did it by telling them one simple message. He prepared the people and turned them back to their God to be ready for his mighty act of salvation by simply telling them, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Zechariah tells us what this mighty act of salvation is. He's saying, blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people through the tender mercy of our God, 
whereby the day spring from on high has visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. This is what John would prepare the people for. Here was the new covenant of God coming to Israel. The new covenant comes in the word of God wrapped in the flesh of Abraham, raised up and established in the house of David, conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin. If John was the prophet who was of the Old Testament and full of the Holy Spirit, then here, at the breast of the Virgin, is the fulfillment of the Old Testament, the bearer of the Holy Spirit for all of you. The Son of God born in humility. The suffering servant. The one who came as least in the kingdom of heaven. The one who was greater than John. From the tender mercy of God the Father, John ushered in the age of salvation, which came in the Son of Mary. John points to the manger where lays the promised seed of Abraham, the Word incarnate. And from this Word incarnate comes the great nation of the kingdom of God. The covenant we enter, that we enter through the kingdom of God, through the covenant of blood shed from His pierced side. John points to the cross, to our Passover lamb, whose blood is spilled, whose blood we walk through in the font where our old Adam is struck dead by the angel of death and our new Adam is made alive to walk through the waters of baptism to life everlasting in Christ. As John points to the manger, he prepares the people to meet the shining day-spring face of their Savior by proclaiming, repent. As John points to the cross, he prepares the people to meet the light of the cross shining in the darkness of the world by proclaiming, repent. As John points to the altar, he prepares us to receive the body and blood from the tender mercy of the Father by by proclaiming, repent. As John readies us for Christ to come again, he again proclaims, repent. So that by repentance and baptism, we may have faith and our feet guided into the way of peace, which leads us to stand before the Son of Man into the promised land. Here John points to the altar sitting atop Mount Zion, his church, where we as his people covered in his blood commune with him in the sacrifice which he offered of himself at the, at the cross where he feeds us with mysterious bread and drink through the, through the wilderness of the life in this age. Here at the altar, John points us to the resurrection and ascension, reminding us that our Lord will come again, that he will return to take us from this life of eating crumbs at this table to life everlasting, where, we'll, where we will eat of the feast of milk and honey, of the promised land for eternity. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, who has and will again visit us. Zechariah, after nine months, 
was finally able to give his benediction. And now the church may sing. The lamb may be sacrificed and has been sacrificed. And we the people now bow at the foot of the altar of the cross. And what does John do? Just as Zechariah prophesied. He says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God hath shined. of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God hath shined. O Lord, have mercy upon us. O Christ, have mercy upon us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. We pray the Ten Commandments. You shall have no other gods. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Honor your father and your mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his manservant or maidservant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. We confess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. 
I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We are bold to pray as our Lord has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Blessed art thou, O Lord God of our fathers, and greatly to be praised and glorified forever. Bless we the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. We praise and magnify him forever. Blessed art thou, O Lord, in the firmament of heaven, and greatly to be praised and glorified and highly exalted forever. The Almighty and merciful Lord bless and preserve us. Amen. Vouchsafe, O Lord, this night to keep us without sin. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Have mercy upon us. O Lord, let thy mercy be upon us, as our trust is in thee. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto Thee. O Lord God, Heavenly Father, who through Your servant John the Baptist did bear witness that Jesus Christ is the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world, and that all who believe in Him shall inherit eternal life, we humbly pray You to enlighten us by Your Holy Spirit, that we may at all times find comfort and joy in this witness. Continue steadfast in the true faith, and at last, with all believers, attain unto eternal life. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Almighty and everlasting God, who is worthy to be held in reverence by all the children of men, we give you most humble and hearty thanks for the innumerable blessings, both temporal and spiritual, which, without any merit or worthiness on our part, you have bestowed on us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We praise you especially that you have preserved unto us in their purity your saving word and the sacred sacraments of your house. And we beseech you, O Lord, to preserve and extend your kingdom of grace, and to grant unto your holy church throughout the world purity of doctrine and faithful pastors, who shall preach your word with power, and help all who hear rightly to understand and truly believe it. Send forth laborers into your harvest, and open the door of faith unto all who do not know you. In mercy, 
remember the enemies of your church, and grant unto them repentance unto life. Be the protector and defender of your people in all time of tribulation and danger. And may we, in communion with your church and in brotherly unity with all our fellow Christians, fight the good fight of faith and in the end receive the salvation of our souls. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Bestow your grace upon all nations of the earth. Especially do we entreat you to bless our land and all its inhabitants, and all who are in authority. Cause your glory to dwell among us, and let mercy and truth, righteousness and peace everywhere prevail. To this end we commend to your care all our schools, and pray you to make them nurseries of useful knowledge and Christian virtues, that they may bring forth the wholesome fruits of life. Lord, in your mercy hear our prayer. All who are in trouble, want, sickness, anguish of labor, peril of death, or any other adversity, especially those who are in suffering for your name's sake, comfort, O God, with your Holy Spirit, that they may receive and acknowledge their afflictions as the manifestation of your fatherly will. Especially this evening do we pray for all those that we name in our hearts at this time. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Graciously defend us from all calamity by fire and water, from war and pestilence, from scarcity and famine, and from every other evil. Protect and prosper everyone in their rightful callings, and cause all useful arts to flourish among us. Be the God and Father of the widow and the fatherless children, the helper of the sick and the needy, and the comforter of the forsaken and distressed. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Accept, we implore you, our bodies and souls, our hearts and minds, our talents and powers, together with the offerings we bring before you, which is our reasonable and humble service. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. As we are strangers and pilgrims on earth, Help us by true faith and a godly life to prepare for the world to come, doing the work you have given us to do while it is day, before the night comes when no one can work, and when our last hour shall come. Support us by your power and receive us into your everlasting kingdom. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Our God shall come. Alleluia. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee, we being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness. Through the merits of Jesus Christ, our Savior, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. We give thanks unto thee, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, thy dear Son, that thou hast so graciously protected us this day, 
and we beseech thee to forgive us all our sins, and the wrong which we have done, and by thy great mercy defend us from all the perils and dangers of this night. Into thy hands we commend, we commend our bodies and souls, and all that is ours. Thy holy angel have charge concerning us, that the wicked one have no power over us. Amen. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Bless we the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Amen.